So, okay, before we begin, our scripture will be Luke, or Luke, Acts chapter 1 this morning, and I'll be reading that from the NIV when we get to it, okay? Now, we're going to, this is a continuation from the last, since Easter. Now, if we know that Jesus Christ died on the cross and was raised from death, what event comes next? Anyone know? The ascension, right on. The ascension is the last individual event of the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ. The ascension happened 40 days after the resurrection and 10 days before Pentecost. And right now we're still in the midst of the 50 days of Easter. The ascension is a celebration of the day that Jesus left earth. And so we're still in the afterglow of Easter. Now it's interesting that not all of the Gospels record this event. John says nothing about the ascension of Jesus. There are in through his scripture, but I'm talking about at the end, okay? He ended his Gospel, John 21, 25, saying, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Matthew ended his gospel with Jesus gathering with his disciples on a mountain in Galilee. He issued the Great Commission and then he promised in verses, chapter 28, verse 20, and surely I will be with you always, even to the very end of the age. And Mark ended his gospel with a speech similar to the Great Commission in Matthew, and then he wrote in chapter 16, verse 19, after the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. It is Luke who gives the most writing of the ascension of Jesus Christ. And he ended his gospel in chapter 24, verses 50 to 53, saying, when Jesus had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and he blessed them and while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. And then they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. And then Luke opened the book of Acts, saying in verses 1 to 11, In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. And after his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. And he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father as promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John the Baptist baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they had met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. 
And after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid them from their sight. And they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. And this is the word of the Lord. The Acts of the Apostles is a continuation of the account of the Gospel according to Luke. The first few verses of Acts fill in some of the apparent gaps between Easter Sunday and the Ascension, which were otherwise lacking at the end of Luke chapter 24. And this second book contains what Jesus afterwards said and did by the power of the Holy Spirit in the ministry of his apostles that he has chosen. And they are to wait for what Jesus has called the promise of the Father, Luke 24, verse 49. And that during this 40-day interval from Passover to Pentecost, they are to wait for the promise of the Father. Jesus at the very beginning of his ministry had spoken of the promise of the Father. John the Baptist had baptized with water, but he will baptize with the Holy Spirit. These days are the days of preparation and they're days of anticipation of the coming of Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit as a result of the ascension of Jesus Christ. And you'll notice that in verse Eight, part of the directive that Jesus gives to them is that they are to receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon them and that they will be witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now they could not do the work Jesus had called them to do unless they were clothed with power from on high. The story doesn't end with the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the tomb. The story continues, and it continues to Pentecost, and it continues beyond Pentecost, and it continues in the expansion of the church. The Acts of the Apostles could be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit, or it could be the Acts of the risen, ascended, conquering Lord Jesus Christ. In many ways, it is the answer to the statement in the second psalm, when Jesus is told by his Father in heaven, Ask of me, and I will give you the uttermost parts of the world for your inheritance. And that's what we see in the Acts of the Apostles. The beginning of the fulfillment of the promise of the Father to his Son. And the Acts of the Apostles is the answer to Jesus' statement in Caesarea Philippi, when he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail Amen. against it. Our text begins with a dedication to an unknown man named Theophilus. And he is called in the beginning of Luke chapter 1, most excellent Theophilus. It is a Greek name. And then we don't, we're not going to speculate on who he was. There's many speculations, but... Who he was in secular history is not as important as who he is in Christian history. 
a person like us whom Luke wanted to tell about Jesus so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. Luke 1 verse 4. And now Luke is providing him with yet another book to further instruct him, to give him many proofs of the reality of the foundation of the Christian gospel. And therefore, the second book is the account of the continuation. It contains what Jesus afterwards said and did by the power of the Holy Spirit in the ministry of his apostles. First of all, in verses 2 to 5, we see Luke's description of the presence of Jesus Christ for a period of 40 days. In verse 2, he gave specific instructions through the Holy Spirit to his chosen apostles. In Luke chapter 24, he had opened the Old Testament scriptures to them in such a way as to show them the things pertaining to himself. In Luke 3, or in verse 3, Luke tells us that Jesus gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. Now this is the connecting point. This linked the book of Acts with the closing of the Gospel of Luke. Jesus has risen from the dead, and for a period of 40 days he would appear and then he would disappear again. And during that time period, Christ was teaching and instructing his friends and disciples about the kingdom of God. So we remember that from last time, right? Were you here last time? Okay, just making sure. Just, it's okay. I was here. And we saw that he appeared and disappeared 40 days. And I just got to thinking all the times what 40 days means, right? The, the number 40. Okay. Anybody? But well, anywho, if we know, right? I know I don't have to put anybody on the spot. It's okay. I can't even put myself on the spot. Well, they bring the desert 40, 40 years. Yes. That's why. Jesus was tempted in 40 days. Yeah. And there's several more, right? Yeah. How many authors are in the book of, in the Bible? Speaking of 40, there were 40. 40 authors in, in the Bible. That's what I was trying to get around to anyway. I didn't have room to write that all down here. But. And I forget all the, the 40s too, but anyway. Getting older now and it's hard to remember everything, so I have to write everything down. And Gail told me to do it, to keep me from straying. <laughs> <laughs> keep me on track. Well, there's a... <laughs> what, that I was straying or keeping on track? <laughs> oh, it's okay. This, it's okay. Luke chapter 24 is written in a style which moves swiftly from the resurrection to the ascension almost as if the events had taken place in a single day. But Luke is clear in Acts that there was the passage of 40 days between the resurrection and the ascension. In verses 4 and 5, while he was eating with them, this time now they're back in Jerusalem, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift his father had promised, which he said, you heard me speak about. For John the Baptist 
baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And actually, it was 10 days later. Now, it must have seemed an age ago that John the Baptist had predicted in Luke chapter 3, verse 16, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And now at last, the moment drew near. So when they had come together in verse 6, we see there's still some not getting it in their heads. Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? You see, they're still focused on Israel. They're still focused on their nationality as Jews. In verse 7, Jesus said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. Don't worry about the exact time. It will happen when it happens. And the kingdom is not just for Israel. In verse 8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Yes, Jesus says, you have been with me all this time. You have seen and heard so many things. And now I will be sending you out to do more than just the hosts of Israel. This gospel that I have entrusted you with is for the whole earth. For every nation. God will be saving people from every nation through your ministry. That has been his plan all along. And that is how his kingdom will come. The commission was a massive assignment for them. But they weren't the ultimate workers of the assignment. Future Christians would take that role. And however, the disciples had to establish the mission and build a foundation for the future. And they also had to become role models to show future disciples proper methods of Christian life and evangelism. So who are some of these people? Future ones. Us. Us. So again, Luke begins with giving us more information about the period between the resurrection and his ascension. So that verse 8 ends at the same place that Luke 24, for, verse 49 ends. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in Jerusalem until you have been clothed with power from on high. And now, we come to the marvelous miracle of the ascension. Verses 9 to 11, and I'll repeat them. Now when he had spoken these things, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid, them, hid him from their sight. And they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Jesus rose into the sky and disappeared into a cloud. 
and the cloud is suggestive of the presence of God. Remember the pillar of cloud that led the people of Israel during their wilderness wanderings. The pillar of cloud that descended on the temple in Solomon's time. The cloud that descended in the transfiguration of Jesus, witnessed by Peter and James and John. The apostles were looking steadfastly into heaven, or toward heaven, I should say. But their thoughts were brought back to earth with a jolt, when two men dressed in white suddenly appeared beside them. Now in Luke's writings, angels had attended Jesus' birth, his ministry, his death, and his resurrection. And now they were present at his ascension. And the reason that the angels gave the apostles not to stand staring toward heaven is this same Jesus who had walked with them for three years, this same Jesus who was crucified and dead and buried, this same Jesus who had risen triumphant over the grave and walked with them on and off for another 40 days, this same Jesus whom they had just seen ascending into heaven was going to return in like manner. The angels gave them hope. He is not going to be gone forever. He's coming back just as he said he would. In Mark 14, verse 62, after the high priest asked Jesus if he was the Christ, Jesus answered that he was. And then he said, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. And just before Stephen was stoned to death, he saw Jesus as he said in Acts 7, verse 56, look, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. This was the affirmation that Jesus had ascended and was now at God's right side. 1 Peter 3, verse 22 states that Jesus has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. The pillar of cloud that received Jesus along with the message of the angels was to convince the disciples that he would no longer be visibly present among my time up. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll keep going. <laughs> They do that to me all the time. <laughs> Just hinting. <laughs> yes, that he would no longer be visibly present among them. Now this, in part, is what the ascension is meant to teach us. We will not see Jesus as the disciples did until he comes again in a cloud with power and great glory on the last day. This age of the church in which we live is the age of, not of the eyes, but of the ears, of hearing and holding to the word and preaching of Christ, who is unseen and yet truly present among his people. Until the second coming, we walk by faith, not by sight. Believing these words of Christ, and surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age. But, it's always a but. If you must go with your eyes, then consider what the last thing was that the disciples saw of Jesus. 
And we see in Luke 24, verse 50 and 51, that when Jesus had led his disciples out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. That was the final vision and image of himself that Jesus gave to his disciples. And therefore, that is how we also are to picture what our ascendant Lord is doing even now. Lifting up his hands to bless his people with the gifts he has won for us in his death and resurrection. All of this was foreshadowed when the Old Testament Israel was once doing battle with Amalek in Exodus chapter 17. Moses was seated on a hill overseeing the battle. And when he lifted up his hands, the Israelites prevailed. But when he let down his hands, out of weariness, the Amalekites began to prevail. And so Moses' brother Aaron and another man named Hur held up Moses' hands all that day. And the Israelites were victorious. And just as Moses was placed between two men, so our Lord Jesus was crucified between two men with his hands outstretched in blessing and mercy toward us. When our Lord was lifted up and his hands held high, that is when the greatest victory was won for God's people. On the battlefield of Calvary, sin and Satan and death were slain as Christ Jesus triumphed over them through the cross. Our Lord did not grow weary, but endured all the way until that final cry, it is finished. And now, with two men, two angels, standing by the risen Lord Jesus ascends with his hands lifted up in blessing over us. And with those hands he displays and sets before our eyes the wounds by which we are healed. It's as if he's saying to us, all that I accomplished for you on Good Friday and Easter, I now give to you forgiveness of sins, everlasting life, and redemption are yours. Receive them as a free gift. Though you are still in the midst of the battle, look up and see me. See my hands outstretched over you. Know that through me your victory is certain. I will work all things, even the evil things, for your good. Nothing in all creation can separate you from my love. That is why the disciples in Luke chapter 24, verse 52, worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy when Jesus ascended. And we also rejoice this day because all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to our Lord and Redeemer. He is there at the Father's right hand as our advocate. And Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8, verse 34, it is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Jesus 
is speaking on our behalf to the Father, or with the Father, and bringing our prayers before Him. <coughs> Jesus has won for us the Father's favor through the shedding of His blood. His ascension shows that the Father has accepted the payment that He made. God the Father has embraced and honored His Son's redeeming work and has exalted Him and received Him to His side. And by receiving Jesus to His side, the Father has also received us to His side. For as believers, we are in Christ. We are members of His body. And in that sense then, we have already ascended to heaven. That is how sure our salvation is. It's not just a, a future thing. It is a present reality. Paul in Ephesians 2, verses 4 to 6 says, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love, which he <coughs> loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive, together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Heaven is already ours. We are already there, because Jesus is already there, and we are in him. Colossians 3 verse 3 puts it this way, your life is hidden with Christ in God. Our eternal well-being is secure in Christ who is at the Father's right hand. One of the last instructions Jesus gave his apostles was to preach repentance and the forgiveness of sins in his name. And what is done in Jesus' name is in truth done by Jesus himself. In Acts 1 verse 1, Luke spoke of all the things that Jesus began, with that quotation marks, began to do and to teach before his ascension. And that means that even after his ascension, he continues to do and teach. <clears throat> Jesus is very much with us and among us through the ministry of his saving gospel. Now I'm closing, and I will close. Matthew chapter 6 verses 19 and 21 says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. When we know our real home is in heaven, we will start planning for and investing in our future. A Dr. Harry Rimmer wrote a letter to Charles Fuller of the Old Fashioned Revival Hour when he heard that Fuller was going to preach on the subject of heaven on Sunday night at church. <clears throat> Rimmer was an old man about to die and he wrote to Fuller and he said, I would like so much to be in church, <clears throat> excuse me, Sunday night, to hear your sermon on the subject of heaven. 
but my physical impairment will not allow me to be there. The reason I would like to be there is because I have great interest in that place. I have great interest in that place. It's very emotional. Hmm. I get very emotional when it comes with age, I guess. Or more so. It's always emotional. But it's, I can't control it sometimes. And I remember my poor dad, when he had his strokes and stuff. Oh, very emotional. I haven't had a stroke, by the way. Okay, better get back. He said, but my physical impairment will not be allowing me to be there. And the reason I would like to be there is because I have got interest in that place. I own a piece of land with clear deed and title in that wonderful place that you are going to be talking about. I didn't buy it, he said. It was given to me without price and without money. Although the one, capital O, who gave it to me purchased it at great cost. I don't have it as an idle investment, he continued. I have been busy sending materials to the master architect for more than 50 years, and he is building for me a house of my dreams. I will never have, it will never have to be painted or remodeled because it is being made just for me. That's why that speaks to me. <laughs> With all this stuff going on, right? It takes all our extra money that we spend on the house and can't do that anymore. Oh, this speaks to me. Makes me cry. I don't have to repaint, don't have to remodel. Shame. Oh, no, no. But this is. <laughs> still need you this summer. Don't you dare go away. <laughs> Termites will never eat away at its foundation because it is built on the rock of ages. We don't have termites, what are they called? Carpenter ants. Yeah, sometimes in different places, right? Fire will never destroy it. Wind will never blow it away. There will be no more locks on its doors because no evil people will ever live in that blessed land. Between me and my home, he said, there is a valley, a dark valley, and I must cross it. But I'm not afraid, he said, because one, capital O, has gone before, and he will lead the way. I am ready to take his hand. My host is almost finished. I would like to hear your sermon on heaven because I have a great interest in that land. Because of the ascension, we have a home in glory that outshines the sun. And there's cause to celebrate in the ascension of Jesus Christ. Shall we pray? <coughs> Oh, our Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that you have accomplished your purpose in Jesus Christ. We thank you for all that Jesus Christ has accomplished. We thank you for all that his ascension affirms. We celebrate that and we rejoice in that. And understanding it, may we be like those disciples who were there. Yes, Lord, may we be filled with great joy and praise and thanksgiving for what our Savior, Jesus Christ, has accomplished. Lord, may we express to you the desire to walk in holiness, to walk in righteousness in every aspect of our lives. 
Father, help us in this way. Help us to realize that we are citizens of heaven at this very moment. It's like we're already there. So help us, Lord, in our daily lives in these troubling times to focus on you and to focus on that fact that we have eternal life as Christians with you in heaven forever and ever for all eternity. So in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.